Welcome to the Beyond the Easy podcast with your host, Natasha Stevens. When she isn't speaking herself, you'll hear from some of the globe's most unique and powerful people who have pushed past perceived limitations and are exceeding societal expectations. Our niche is simple, people. Our dynamic guests share their stories filled with content that synergistically bridges the divide between us and them. And we're inviting you in. We are a blended tribe. Thanks for tuning in and catching the subscribe vibe. Welcome to another episode of the Beyond the Easy podcast. We are joined today with George Weich, and he is a graduate of Howard University. He is currently getting his master's degree in Arlington, Virginia in psychology, the same as his undergraduate. He is a working actor who has worked in television, film, stage, and virtual productions. How are you doing today, George? It is such a pleasure and honor to have you with us. I'm blessed. I'm happy to be here. Happy to be here. Thank you. That is awesome. We are we are the ones that are blessed. So, George, let's talk about education for a second. What made you decide to attend Howard University? Um. Well, when I first got out of high school, I wasn't really trying to go to college. I was more or less trying to, you know, be a, I don't know, really just a rapper or something like that. So wasn't really on my radar, but my dad, you know, he was like, you got to apply to some type of school. So I applied to all the Texas schools in LSU, and I got into zero of them, and I was kind of down. But then my dad was like, have you looked into HBCUs? And I was like, well, all my friends were going to schools in Texas. And then uh, he just said, well, look at Howard real quick, because that was his alma mater. And so, you know, I applied to Howard, and uh, I got in, and when I went to the school to visit, I fell in love with just how black, you know, it truly was. And because I went to a school where it was only two or three of us in the classroom, you know, I kind of felt overwhelmed at first. So I kind of just dived into the experience of what an HBCU is. And, you know, about two days in, I fell in love with the school. And ever since then, I've been, you know, go Mecca ever since. Wow, that is an amazing story. So you didn't even want to go to college. You wanted to be a rapper? I wanted to be something that didn't require a degree or going to school for four more years. I was just dumb after high school. I was like, I've learned everything I should learn. I should go try to be something, you know, else. And, you know, but something else led me right over to Howard where I found what I eventually have become. So, you know, it was it was a blessing to, you know, keep my parents' words and honor my mother and father as you should. That is that is very that is very honorable that you would do that. And do you feel when you got to Howard, as you said, you found that Mecca, you found uh, people that look just like you. Did you find that experience to be a better learning experience than you had when you were in high school? Did you find that, you know what, there really is more out here for me to learn? Well, growing up in Texas, you don't get a lot of black history like one may think. I mean, you get MLK, you get civil rights, you get Civil War, but you don't get a rich knowledge of Marcus Garvey and Booker T. Washington and you know, Du Bois and, and uh, you know, James Baldwin and Tony Morrison and all different, you know, people, Tanahashi Coates. Like, they kind of made, you know, a lot of us 
us who are students there and who graduate there become kind of revolutionary in our fields because we know we come from great minds and that we should, you know, contribute to that to that statue. I love it. So, George, there are so many people that tell your generation what purpose is, and it seems like your journey um, has definitely led you to yours. And I think one of the best speeches on that was Chadwick Boseman that was trending all over the place um, after he transitioned. Uh, what is purpose to you, George? Purpose to me is finding that fire within that that gets you up every day and gets you going and says that, you know, I want to, you know, be something. And, you know, for my purpose, I didn't recognize my purpose until I kind of fell in love with who I am and found out who I was, kind of like what Shadow was saying, like you can't really find your purpose until you, you know, more so love yourself. And then, you know, once you love yourself, you find out what you love to do. Mm. And you, you listen to the stories of, you know, your elders and things like that where they told you, you know, well, you were doing this when you were a kid, as a kid, and then that kind of shapes your, shapes your thinking and molds who you are over time. And so I kind of just fell into my purpose when I chose myself. I think that's where purpose is. You got to find that drive within. Oh my gosh, I love that. I found my purpose when I found myself. That is so powerful. Um, wow. So in that same vein, why do you think there are so many people out there living in fear when it comes to going after their dreams? Do you think it's because they have a lack of self-love? Like, where do you think that fear of going after their dreams um, is coming from? It's the thinking. It's a mindset. You know, I feel like when you say when instead of if, you know, that fear kind of goes away. A lot of people want to say, you know, if I become or, you know, could I become, but when you say when I become or I am, you know, it, it tends to change the thinking and the mindset, and it becomes a more positive mindset instead of more of a, a mystic mindset or a negative thinking. I, I feel like a lot, of, a lot of people out here change the way they think first before they want to go out and do something, because when you have doubt, who else do you doubt? You doubt God, you know, but when you say when, you know, you're telling God too, like, hey, I trust you, I have faith in you, and, you know, I'm going to be patient. And, and, and do the work and when my time comes or you know when it's thrust upon me I'll be ready or if I'm not ready you know I have the tools and the mindset that I can just jump into it kind of like what I did you know I was not sure that I was ready at the time but I was like I've been doing the work I've been I've been giving myself my all and everything that I've done so when my, my time was called I was prepared wow that's 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 <laughs> that's so true, um, and I can tell for sure that that you took and you are taking your psychology majors um, very seriously uh, and your studies very seriously because it does force us to go inward and and check ourselves um, before we can even think about helping others around us or understanding human behavior. So um, let's pivot a little bit with that same knowledge. You said something really um, powerful about the human condition and authenticity. Do you want to speak to that? Yeah, I do. I feel like a lot of times, human interaction, we are afraid of someone being authentic and being themselves because it causes others to look at themselves in the mirror and say, why can't I be like that person? 
So they tend to try to put that person down or, you know, tell them to like redirect what they're trying to do. So they feel more comfortable being around that kind of energy. And then so it's, that's why I said there's no mystery that the human condition is the phrase of authenticity. Because, you know, authentic people, they just are who they are and they don't change. I mean, unless they want to change, you know. And so I feel like me being authentic in myself growing up, a lot of people told me like, hey, like you should look at this direction, this direction, or follow this path. And you know, it was because they didn't follow their own path. They heard somebody else, or they watched somebody else try to do it. They did, so they're following their own heart. And I feel like that's what being authentic is. You gotta follow your heart, follow your mind. You know, putting yourself first and being authentic. Wow, that's so true. And 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 when you so when you're still you're you're saying when when we don't follow our hearts. We're doing ourselves a disservice. We're betraying ourselves, and we're betraying our true, authentic selves. Huge, yes, huge. Wow, 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 Geez. So now, tell me, what made you get into acting? How long have you been in acting? And do you ever use your psychology degree, George, to help you get into character roles? Let's let's talk about your acting career. Okay, so I started acting. About three months after I I got my degree from Howard, as a matter of fact, I had fourteen dollars in my pocket, nine bucks in cash, and about a dollar and seventy five cents on my metro uh, my metro card in DC. And uh, I was sitting in my room one day, very down on myself, uh, not really finding anything to do besides the ground. And I kind of told myself, like, you know, if there's one thing I, that I can do, it's it's performed. And so I said, well, are there any agencies out here in Virginia or the DMV area that can, you know, take me on and, you know, try to, you know, make me into what I now am. So I only had a dollar and seventy five on my metro card and I caught the metro and shout out the D C metro system, I'm sorry, but I uh, you know, kinda got on the metro without using my card and then I got out to uh Virginia and I heard a lot of different things about scams and things like that so I was sitting in the waiting room three hours telling myself like okay we should just get up right now like everyone's leaving people aren't getting in here so why am I any different like I have no experience in this professionally I'm just a guy off the cuff in here and sure enough I met Miss B Sorrell at the time over at 99 did my monologue which was a Denzel monologue and I was brought on to the team over at 99 I found myself like, you know, just going through passion and things like that. And finally, um, I got a I got an email saying hey, we have a lead role opportunity for you with um for my man on T V one to lead role. Do you wanna do it? I was like, Yeah, I wanna do it and so I was very, very nervous because it was like over the phone and things like that. I had to like for myself and I wasn't too sure on my, you know, my identity just yet. So I kinda just went in there, you know, cold turkey and did my best. I got an email back saying I got the role. And it was my first time ever doing anything on film. I wasn't even on stage yet. Like, I was just kind of green in that field. But I told myself, I said, God, if this is the way you want me to go, I'll go full full force. I'm going to go full force with all that I have. And that's what I did. And so I was on set. And I kind of had a, like they say, a harvest. And you want it best. You had to be on set. And so I kind of just learned from there. There were like eight cameras around at all times. Uh, different, you know people tell me different things while I'm acting 
And so I kind of just took a break one day on set. And one of the guys who played Pablo, he was like, hey, man, like, what's your experience in this? I was like, this is my first day doing this. And he was like, wow, like, kind of a natural at it. You should keep going. And I said, okay, I will. And after that, it was like a good year of nothing at all. Just nothing at all. No, no, no bookings, no nothing. And then my episode aired. That's when I was like, when I saw myself, I was like, okay, this is it. This, because it lit a fire within me. I was like, this is what I want to do for as long as I'm here. God willing, you know? And so when it comes to psychology, though, I don't really use my degree. I use just human empathy. Like, I place myself in, you know, different experiences. And I think, how would I feel in that moment? How would I feel in that setting? How would I feel in that presence at that moment in time? And that's how I, you know, without much training, I've, you know, become a a substantial actor in, in the field of acting, you know. It's been a blessing, you know. That is remarkable. I'm I'm sitting here with my mouth dropped open because a I I would have <laughs> I, I you know, people listening would expect he only had you know, less than $20 to his name. Why didn't he just call his parents and get some money? So it shows um, your personal resilience and reliability on yourself and trusting God. And then getting the role that aired on TV one green like that. And then seeing yourself, I think on the television set became your mirror to say, so the, the George sitting there watching and the George portraying that role is talking to to one another saying this is what you're supposed to be doing and then your spirit agreeing with it with what God had already ordained for you so I think that's incredible and I've never really heard and I've been around a lot of actors directors producers writers I've never heard someone say um when I prepare for a role um with a psychology degree and I'm not saying they aren't out there but I have never heard them say I look at that role from a place of empathy. How would I feel if I were in that person's shoes? I've heard the term psychopathy, um, which is, I don't know if you know what that means, but if someone has to play someone that has a mental disorder or, and I don't like this word, but a crazy person, um, they call it psychopathy. So they, they, you would have to become almost quote unquote crazy to understand crazy so that's something totally different so I love the fact that you're able to look at the role look at the script see who this person is and then step into it um, through psychology but step into it from a place of empathy how would I feel in that setting and in that time because that makes a difference in acting too because how you would feel in in a setting in 2021 is let's say a black male who grew up on the quote-unquote wrong side of the tracks might be different in 1942 right right Right. so i watched your short strange fruit (laughs) and it was so phenomenal but it was so realistic and i was watching and i was like who's the guy in the room uh tell us a little bit about strange fruit and how you prepared for it and where we can find it uh, you can find Still Bearing Strange Fruit on YouTube right now. Being shopped around different film festivals like the Atlanta Film Festival, which I hope that uh, the team does get, you know, submitted and accepted for that film festival. But 
Kind of the same thing. I uh, did a short film as an extra in 2019 while I was doing this. As a matter of fact, I had a show that night. I went to set that day, and I told myself, okay, this is the grind. This is what, you know, you got to do to make it in this field. You got to put yourself out there 100%. And so it was still bearing strange fruit. It was a nat- it was a nationwide audit. And I was like, oh my God, here go the nerves. But, uh, you know, I got the role of Daniel and I read the script and I just found that this was every black man with a family that just wanted to, you know, tell the man like, hey, you're not gonna bring me down. You're not gonna bring my people down. And although I don't know where you're at, I'm gonna show you how strong I am and you know, the one word in the description of Daniel was fearless, and I understood that completely because my mom, my, my guy, rather told me growing up, I would be the fearless guy. Like, at swim uh, lessons and things like that, I would go into 10 feet of water without knowing how to swim. I've always just died being head first. And um, on the short film itself, the guy in the room was actually Bo Thompson. He's a phenomenal, phenomenal actor. Uh, big respect, a, a big. Uh, presence in in the field of acting and um turns out in the room he was not there when you watch the short film me timing out beat by beat in my head and then going off my lines and things like that i actually had nobody in there besides the director and the, and the camera crew and then uh Bubba thompson came after i finished and laid down the voice up so uh i kind of just prepared 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 like you know luck does not exist at all it's just chance you know an opportunity meeting yourself at, at, at one time you know in preparation at one time you know and that's what luck is you know so I've, I've never actually been lucky in my entire life i've just been prepared and had the opportunity to just go out there and do what i want to do at, at, at what i think should be a high level you know and um on the show to myself playing then it was an experience because you know i was never that kind of mindset of being afraid until then at the same time being strong because I've always been the kind of kid that's been just fearless and just going after it, you know, full force, but having to sit down and truly learn how to be on film, learn that a camera can be right next to your cheek, and I mean literally right on your cheek, and a boom right on your head, and you still have to deliver and still, you know, do your job for the sake of the crew and the cast, you know, that's what being on a team is, and that's why I understand about acting. It's not just you on set; it's everybody, and it's 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 your job, your duty to contribute and, and put your best effort in because everybody else is, everybody else is. So you have to come with your A game because everybody come with their A game, you know. That's that's true. You you got you have to show up every day, and you have to show up one hundred percent in your in your full self. So everyone, please go and um, YouTube that that uh, short that George did because when I watched it, I kept waiting for somebody to come out <laughs> with that voice that was speaking. And when I figured out that it was no one in the room, when George told me, I was like, how did you time those beats like that? That was so interesting. And knowing you to be fearless and then having to put on just a little bit of fear um, that took a lot of work, and and so I'm yeah. pr- I'm proud of you for that because I, I I couldn't have done it. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, w- once again, it was more so my empathy. I, I got to know Bo on a on a good level, and I heard like his inflections and how he talks and how he wants to come in. 
So I kind of put that in my head while I was on the set. I was like, although he's not here, I can kind of hear him in my mind. And so I'm going to just, you know, I'm going to listen and imagine how he would dramatize this and then deliver my lines. And that's what it was. And the director was like, do you want me to ask somebody to read them or anything? I was like, no. You know, I, I can kind of do this off the cuff, like, like a freestyle. I grew up trying to be a rapper. So me and my cousin Kyle, we would always, like, always freestyle since like seven years old, you know? And so I kind of took that, that mindset of like, okay, time it out, be a sentence ahead, you know, just be a sentence ahead and then you should be fine. And so when you guys all watch the film, that's what you'll see. You won't see me too much timing it out, but I'm just, you know, really, I'm in tune with Bo, let's just say it that way. I'm in tune with Bo, although he's not there. Wow, in tune with Bo Thompson, a sentence ahead, a sentence ahead. I love, I love that. Um, you keep going back to this rapper thing. I, I'm gonna, I might have to ask you a question on that, um, just because of, of of my own experience in that in that area. Um, based on the way, though, George, that you live out your life as you go through the process of finishing your masters and continuing with all these auditions you have lined up and. George also did um, The Wiz, um, which was a, a stage play that was incredible. So, and some so, so many other things. But if there was any actor, past or present, that you could say best describes you as a person and then an artist, who would that actor be and why? Sydney Poitier. Um, we had a similar start. When I first got to Howard, I was trying in the theater program and I did not do too well at all as a matter of fact I was kind of just pushed out the room in a way you would say and I kind of read a, a book by Sidney Poitier and one day he was you know working in the theater as a, as, as a janitor pretty much and he went to the, to the big board and saw an audition and he went into the, into the audition and the director of the play said you know how do you want to be this actor when you can't even speak English, you know? Mm. And that that drove him to become great. And it pushed him, it, it put that fire within him to say, I'm going to prove one person wrong to show the masses that I am what I say I am from within. And I was the way, I was the same way. I was like, well, I know I'm a good actor, but they're saying I'm not. So I'm going to do the work while I'm here at school, going through like my experiences that I went through and things like that, and I just kind of found myself that way. I was like, okay, although we're not acting right now, although we're not performing right now, we're gonna get there. You know, we're gonna get there at some point. So I, I take a big liking to Sid Portier and also a big liking to um, DiCaprio as well. Uh, DiCaprio always wanted to be an actor, but it took him a long time to get his roses. Booney as well. It took him 200 auditions and rejections before his first role. And so I kind of, I've taken that mindset. It, it doesn't matter when, as long as I keep working and putting in the work. So that's who I take to the guys that have been in the industry who have grinded, who have proven themselves because it it's bigger than them. You know, it's just bigger than them. And I feel like it's just bigger than me at this point. And doing it because God has called me to do it. And that's what just pushes me forward every single day. Like, I'm constantly being, constantly watching movies, 
anybody, any any actors out there who want to act, watch films, you know, see how they frame it, see how actors are very subtle with their movies and what they do. A great actor who can, who can be a reference point is Ryan Gosling. He's a brilliant actor, but he's also a guy that puts his all into performance. And it's just the, the, the small nuance of acting that you must master, or at least I say home, which is kind of the same thing, to make you, you know, a force. You know, and I want to be a force in the field. I think that's remarkable, but also, so I just want to make sure that I'm clear. All of these auditions, you've you've learned how to deal with, okay, I didn't get that role. Um, I'm going to keep going. So would you say that rejection is actually fuel for you to continue? Because a lot of times people get rejected for for a role or for just different things in life and relationships they get rejected and they shut down so you're saying use rejection as fuel right because pain is growth you know um you can't grow without being in some kind of pain you have to come from somewhere to grow and rejection is growth because like for me when i get rejected in a role i'm like oh you didn't want me okay that's fine well let me keep doing the work let me keep you know putting my best foot forward so when my name is called for a role, I won't feel like I don't deserve it, you know, or I don't feel like it was luck or just a, a matter of fact, you know, I, I feel like I'm supposed to be here in this moment. So like anybody out there who gets rejected by a job or anything like that, don't take that as, you know, oh, they didn't want me. Because especially with anything as jobs and with acting too, they know what they're looking for already, you know, so it might not be you. So, but the next guy, the next employer, woman, you know, will pick you. But when you're picked, don't think that you don't deserve to be there because you do, you know, because you're the one who's doing the, the, the behind the scenes that nobody else sees, you know. It's like a ballerina, like they stand on their toes all day long, you know, and nobody ever sees that, but you see their feet, you know, and you can see the work and the pain and the growth that they go through. And I, I just think rejection is pain and pain is growth. I love it. Rejection is pain and pain is growth. Ballerinas stand on their toes all day. You see their feet. You see them putting in the work. Wow. Who are you giving me a lot to think about in my own world? Um, George, I don't know and I'm not sure how many of our audience members know this. So I'm just going to put it out there. Your mother is the deputy director of NASA Johnson Space Center. Your father is a high-powered attorney. What does that feel like? And, and I just want to know, because I personally want to know, have you ever been to the Space Center? <laughs> and what is? And if, and if you have, you know, what was that like your first time? Like, how old were you? And, and, and what's it feel like um, that your mom and dad are who they are? And what's it like inside of those shuttles? You know, can you give us a little tip? Uh, yeah, I think my first time at JSC, Johnson Space Center, was when I was probably one. <laughs> one uh, years old, wow, okay. <laughs> yeah, uh, but the time I can recall was when I was about seven years old, and I went to the to the, to the Johnson Space Center where the kids, you know, the exhibits are, and I just saw, you know, how astronauts, you know, live their lives before they even get onto the shuttle. It's very much so uh, a, a tedious and it's a routine. And I, I feel like with anything, you must find a routine. And 
my mother being, you know, second in charge at NASA and my dad being a high a high powered lawyer, I have a profound respect for the titans that they are in their industry because they are proven to be parents. You know, with them you just can't say, Oh, I wanna go do something. They're like, Okay. And it's like, oh, it feels dull, but you know, it's not at all. It's, it's, it's them saying, well, if you want to go do it, then you go do it. Don't tell me you're going to go do it. Do it, because any dream is nothing without a plan, you know. To, to, to do anything, you must put it into action. And that's what my parents have taught me. Don't just say it, do it, you know. And with my mother, as nice as she is, as, as loving and warm as she is, when she's at NASA, it's a totally different person. Like, she is a leader. She's able to, you know, delegate and, and take in ideas. And I kind of become that myself. Like, I'm not afraid to hear the next person, you know, give me advice, you know. But my father as well, like, he is a thinker. He is a reader. And I took on, you know, my dad's qualities as well. Like, I, I'm a thinker first and a reader second. And um, they're a blessing to my life because every day, when I don't feel like getting up and trying to be great, I can just look at my folks and I'm like, okay, the job of the child is to success is parents. And I know I got a big, a big, big shoot to fill on, on that end, but I am more than willing to do it. You know, glory to God. Glory to God. Amen. And, and, and not only your mom and your dad, but... I happen to know your know your grandparents, and they were very instrumental in my life. And um, the whole the whole don't tell us that you're gonna do it. You need to do it. Your grandmother, um, my first grade teacher, my favorite teacher person ever, um, was not having it with me with math. It was I don't want to hear that. You know you're gonna do your math. Irrespect, no excuses. It's team no excuses here. Um, yeah yeah one of a kind your grandmother was definitely one of a kind your grandfather as well so you you definitely come from what i would say a renaissance but also a a a 31st century family so you have a you you have a lot going on and and what i think i want the listeners to know is um George definitely honors his legacy in terms of his parents and his grandparents and and all of that. And, you know, getting questions, you know, or or statements, you know, oh, your mom's at NASA. Um, She is. And and he honors her and he respects her for that. And they just launched and I was nervous and George had to walk me through it. And he said, I've seen her do impossible math. Getting a spaceship up is no problem. So but I want the listeners to know that and I think you have heard there is so much more to George um, than who his parents are they are a part of him Um, and I think it's honorable George that you've emulated the work ethic of your parents but you've chosen to channel it into your own passions and pursuits so and and you're extremely deep thinker you are extremely (laughs) deep thinker so in closing do you have any advice or words of wisdom that you can give to the listeners to step beyond the easy out of their comfort zones and do what they want to do, not what others think they should do? Because I know you to be a risk taker. So what what would you tell the listeners um, to, to, to be able to step past the comfort zone that they 
are currently in? I would tell them that from the time we are born, life is a risk. Um, That first breath, your mother giving you life, is a risk. And after after that is just the unknown. And that is risky. But it takes being without fear in order to find who you are. And it it takes that fearlessness to do what you want to do because there's going to be a thousand people in your life that are going to say, don't do it because of X, Y, Z. But I believe that because if you believe in that because, you're already dead. Mm. And a lot of times, you have to put yourself first. Kind of like with any king, even with Jesus, they must isolate themselves before they do what's bigger than them. I feel like we talked about this briefly um, the other night when I, I said, you know, Jesus went in, as you said, though, uh, Jesus went in to pray. And his disciples fell asleep. But he kept praying and talking to God. But I can go another way and talk about the story of Peter and Jesus on the water. Um, Jesus said, would there be one of you to come out here with me with that faith? And only Peter took the risk without fear of getting onto the water and walking to God. Now, God did not say the rest of you cannot come. That's not in the Bible. He just said, well, will one of you, just one of you, will one, you know, and Peter went out there. So I'm saying that to say, not everyone is going to come off the boat with you. Sometimes without fear, you must go into the water on your own and and swim. Don't think about sinking. If you you think about sinking, like I just said, that because you're already dead. Mm. And the main thing, you don't want to do in this life is to be a living zombie feeling like oh I I could have been this I could have been that there's so many ballers on the basketball court with skill but they were afraid to go really put their best foot out there and I I think that's what anybody that wants to do something huge for themselves don't be afraid to be Peter like trust in Jesus trust in your path trust in your gut follow that gut because everybody knows when you feel crappy on the inside when you could have done something or you could have you could have went to that open call or to that job opening you didn't want to go because you felt like i'm not adequate for it but who cares if you're adequate only god knows and god gives you the strength and the tools when you least expect it to do extraordinary things noah did not think he would be a great builder and there were so many doubters of Noah, but Noah kept building because he said, okay, God put this in me that there will be a flood soon. <laughs> so let me build this big old boat. And whether it rains or not, I have faith that it will rain. But if it doesn't, I still did the work. Same thing with Moses. He was a stutterer. He was not a great leader, but a great leader, but he led the people of Jerusalem out of Europe, out of, out of East, I'm sorry. And that's just a huge thing, you know, like, Great things are casted upon people who are seen as normal or, or, or anything like that, you know? And I think it's a brilliant thing that we can all find ourselves in that way. Like, just don't be afraid 
to take the risk. And if you are, you're already dead. My goodness. So don't listen to other people's because, because that's your sinking point. And I have never looked at Jesus's solitude in the Garden of Gethsemane when he asked his disciples to pray with him for just one hour and they fell asleep. I've never been able to make that connection the way you just did with Peter. He didn't, he didn't, he, he said, will one of you. And so Peter was the one who did it. Um, who decided to take the risk. That's so deep. George, you just took me to church. I have no way. Do you, I have to find a way to send you an offering. <laughs> because <laughs> I really do. Because you just, <laughs> you just took me to church. I feel like I went through seminary school, psychology school, acting school, all in one interview. And I am so grateful for you coming on today. I can't wait to watch your journey. And for sure, I know I'm going to be the ones cheering with the rest of everybody else cheering um, when you get those awards and you and you reach back in history and you pull out this podcast and you remember that you talked about Sidney Poitier and you gave clear instructions on how to fall into your purpose, discover your purpose, get past fear. You're going to hear yourself years from now giving advice to yourself. So that's going to be amazing. Um, I know for a fact that God has called you to this work. There's just something about you that's different. That's always been different. And you are fearless. (laughs) Um, And I have so much respect for you. Even the fact that you would take out time to to come onto this podcast with everything that you have on your plate. Um, Please know how much I appreciate you. I look forward to helping you in any way that I can moving forward um, with film, television, you know, anything like that. But I think you have that nailed down. Um, But do you have anything that you would like to leave the audience with before we log off here? I do. Um, Dream big, walk tall, be authentic. And put your trust in him and put trust in yourself and don't ever stop loving yourself and loving who you are because who you are has been placed within you by the man above and go forth and do the work and enjoy the journey don't worry about the destination Enjoy the journey, enjoy the the plateaus, enjoy the lows. When there is a storm, storms always pass, but hold on to that tree. Be patient and love what God has placed within you because without it, like I said, you're already dead if you don't. So that's all I want to say. Fantastic. Fantastic. I'm going to be taking notes all night long. (laughs) Thank you so much, George White. We appreciate you. Um, I cannot wait until this episode airs. Um, All the best to your amazing family and those that you work with. Um, 
at at school and and at your job. Yes, George has a job too. Um, and with um, your acting people there, shout that uh, sh- short film out one more time for us, George. The exact name of it and and what YouTube channel it's on. Yes, it is called Still Bearing Strange Fruit, directed by and written by. Kyra Bartholomew, she's a brilliant producer and writer, uh, director and writer from New Orleans. And definitely look out for her because she has a mindset that is out of this world and she has great things coming from her. So, yes, Still Bearing Strange Fruit, it's on YouTube. Um, it's still the rough cut. We're, we're, we're still getting the kinks out uh, with the um, some of the, the legal stuff, but, you know, it's a beautiful film. It's a great story, and I think everyone will enjoy it, uh, regardless of age, race, or, or creed. So it's a beautiful thing. Thank you so much. Still bearing strange fruit. Please look that up on YouTube. And we will see you, George, on the other side of Beyond the Easy. The next time you have a stage play, please send me an invite. Thank you. <laughs> Uh, by